You're listening to an AI Introducer podcast from the South China Morning Post. Everyone's talking about the latest AI sensation, ChatGPT. ChatGPT, which is owned by Microsoft, has taken the tech world by storm. Maybe you've heard of it. If you haven't, then get ready, because this promises to be the viral sensation that could completely reset how we do things. It's a popular online chatbot, which is powered by artificial intelligence. They're excited by it. It's gained popularity for its ability to craft emails, write research papers, and answer almost any question in a matter of seconds. It can pass exams, compose poems, even write code. You can have it read police reports. You can you can have it see if witnesses give contradictory testimony. What this technology could really enable, and has already started enabling us, is to suddenly suggest things that we might not be thinking of at all. Being with AI is going to completely change what people can expect from search. They're afraid of it. The big change is, the existence of a paragraph is no longer evidence of human thought. The potential for cheating causing a growing number of school districts to ban artificial intelligence on school devices. There are concerns around deception and potential uses for fraud, but I think that that's sort of only the tip of the iceberg here. There's another problem too. Many tech companies now in the cold light of day, they're cutting their staff. ChatGPT, a tool designed to help humanity, could ultimately hurt it. They're seeing if you notice the difference between what a human writes and what an AI can write. Chat GPT, is it possible to spot AI-generated text? Can you tell which magazine is an AI-generated photo? Can you tell the difference between a year six student and AI? Bot or not? So what's happening in China? And more to the point, what are China's big tech companies doing to catch up with Microsoft and Chat GPT? That's what we're going to find out in this episode of the Inside China podcast. Hi, my name is Xin Mei Shen. I'm a tech reporter for the South China Morning Post here in Hong Kong. The latest reports are that more than one million people have joined the waitlist to get access to the new ChatGPT-powered version of the Microsoft search engine Bing. And in China, a research note recently issued by industry analysts at UBS says more than 100 million people in mainland China have accessed ChatGPT in the past two months, which is pretty good for something that's not being made officially available to China. And no, it's not being censored or actively blocked. In fact, tens of millions of people on Chinese social media, particularly Weibo, are all asking very similar questions to what's being asked right now in the U.S., Europe, and Australia. Hashtags like "Will ChatGPT replace teachers?" and "Ten professions that could be replaced by ChatGPT" have received hundreds of millions of views. And one particular quote by a famous American academic, a man known as the father of modern linguistics, received more than 50 million views. ChatGPT is、uh, basically high-tech plagiarism. It's a system that.、Uh, Accesses an astronomical amount of data and、uh, finds regularities, strings them together, looks more or less like what somebody could have written on this topic. Basically, plagiarism just happens to be high tech. That's the voice of Noam Chomsky speaking on a YouTube channel called Edu Kitchen. 
and his concerns reflect the concerns of many people about how this new AI revolution is going to disrupt education and pretty much everything else, including people working in journalism and journalists making podcasts. How about I introduce you to three new voices, all generated by AI? There's been a few media organizations and podcasts using ChatGPT right now to write a podcast script or write news articles. So let's take that a step further. My colleague Coco Feng in Beijing has just asked ChatGPT to generate some questions and answers about how ChatGPT works. But first, we're going to use the text-to-music AI system from a company called Refusion to give us some background music. Let's make it pretty easy. Let's type in the words "computers talking." Okay, that sounds not annoying. Now let's find some text-to-voice AI systems. We're going to use something called PlayHT to voice the AI answers. Hello, Shin Mei. Let's do this. Are you ready? Yes, indeed. Let's begin. ChatGPT, can you give us some examples of the kinds of tasks that people might use you for? Sure. I can be used for a wide range of language tasks, including language translation, text summarization, question answering, and even creative writing. Essentially, any task that requires the use of written language is something that I can help with. And can you talk a little bit about the technology that makes ChatGPT work? Absolutely. I'm based on a technology called a transformer network, which is a type of artificial neural network that's designed to process sequential data. In my case, that sequential data is text. The transformer network allows me to analyze large amounts of text and learn patterns and relationships between words and phrases. This allows me to generate responses to text prompts that are both accurate and natural sounding. That's interesting. But can you talk a little bit about some of the limitations of your technology? Sure. While I can generate responses to a wide range of text-based prompts, there are still some limitations to my abilities. For example, I don't have the ability to understand the world in the same way that humans do. I can't see or hear, so I can't generate responses to prompts that require visual or auditory understanding. Additionally, while I can generate creative responses to text prompts, I don't have emotions or a personal perspective like humans do. So my creative output can sometimes lack the depth and nuance of human-generated content. So let's get some humans to tell us how this latest tech revolution is being received in mainland China. Coco Feng and Ben Jiang are two of my colleagues on the SCMP Tech Desk. They're based in Beijing, and they've been reporting on the hype around ChatGPT as well as how China's big tech companies are racing to catch up. Hi, Coco. Hi, Ben. Hi, Shumei. Hello. Let me start by asking you both: How would you describe the reaction to ChatGPT in China? We've seen how Google was shocked by Microsoft taking the lead in this technology. What kind of response are you hearing from China's big tech companies? So there have been like a lot of like you know, sensational talks about like you know ChatGPT as developments in China as well. I tuned into like this you know, online webinar hosted by a local news portal. So one of the things that captured my mind from that chat was like there are some American experts comparing the the advent of ChatGPT to you know the moon landing moment. 
this is what uh, Yuan Jinghui, a computer scientist and also like a founder of Beijing-based startup OneFlow, said. Only humans develop language capabilities. That is like you know, the jury atop the crown of human intelligence. And the natural language processing capability demonstrated by ChatGPT is like the jury atop the crown of artificial intelligence. This is why like, you know, they're comparing this to the moon landing moment. I think you know, for them, like ChatGPT might be like a you know, small step for AI bots, right? But that's actually you know, a huge step forward for the whole AI industry. So that's where the comparison is coming from, I guess. And then there have been like a lot of companies and like, you know, rushing to making announcements about their products, like baking similar services into their product offerings. Well, some of them actually you now have like years of technology uh, investments and resources pour into this industry like Baidu. But some other companies are just like going to hijack the news. I think that's one company that I, I think I remember the luxury e-commerce company. They put out an announcement and said they're going to integrate this kind of like, you know, chat GPT services into their website, which is an e-commerce website where you buy luxury items. So uh, they didn't like really elaborate on how they're going to seriously like, you know, baking this into their service. But I think their stock price rose by more than 120% and on the news. That's, that's the hype. So other than Shiku, which is trying to like hijack the news, but Baidu, you know, is going to launching their Ernie bot or Wenxin in Chinese, like integrating the service into their search engine, which is similar. I think it is similar to how like Microsoft integrated like ChatGPT into Bing. So that's Baidu. And then Tencent said they have some technology reserve or accumulation in this area, but didn't like really elaborate on what they're going to do. I think Coco has more, you know, information on this as well. Like, you know, Coco, would you mind helping us unpack a bit more about Baidu's announcement for EarnieBot? They only said that they are going to complete the internal test in March, but didn't really give us a time of when it will be officially available to the public. Um, besides Baidu, there are other companies that are working on similar stuff, including Alibaba, which is the owner of this SMP. They said they are testing a ChatGPT-like service that takes advantage of its years of research in large language models. And JD.com, it's another e-commerce giant. It said it will release an industrial version of ChatGPT, which is called ChatJD, which will be used in the fields of like retail and finance. And also NetEase. NetEase is a, is a big gaming company. It said recently that it will embed a ChatGPT-like service into its one of its upcoming mobile games, but we don't know what it will look like. And also Wang Huiwen, who is the co-founder of Meituan, it's the biggest food delivery company in China, but he, he already quit the company in 2020. He said that he will form China's alternative to open AI. The company will be valued at $200 million, and he personally has already invested like $50 million in, in this project. Uh, there's obviously a lot of hype about this, but Coco, I think there's a pretty important detail about Meituan's Wang Huiwen's announcement for his version of OpenAI. Right. He's posting a job ad everywhere, but he admits that he doesn't know AI technology and is, is right now just studying it. So he's going to take care of the money part and he's trying to attract talents to take care of the, the technology part. 
Ben, can I pick up something mentioned in one of your latest stories? There was a white paper published just this week saying that Beijing is home to the largest number of AI enterprises and talents in China. But I also seem to remember a similar hype around blockchain. Uh, What would be some of the differences here? I guess like you know, there are two different like perspectives we can look at this. Well, we can see like you know, Beijing publishing this like a you know, white paper saying it's gonna pledging to support local companies developing like you know, GBT similar uh, services, right? But this is actually you know if you look at the upside, it's better you know Beijing throw its weight behind the companies instead of like you now cracking them down. Right. You know, after three years of technology crackdown, I think, you know, this is like a positive sign. And, you know, despite you know, anything, regardless of like whatever, maybe it's a hype, maybe it's not. I, we cannot like, draw that conclusion for now, but it's better, you know, Beijing supports something instead of cracking it down. That's you know, one one way to look at it. The, the other way is like if we go over like, you know, all those like, you know, central government documents and policies, you know, unveiled like in the past few years, there's always like a mention of AI and chip chip and AI. So that's like a you know, different level of like you know, significance for, for Beijing to try, you know, they, they're actually trying to rival the U.S. on AI and chip. Since we're talking about chips, can we also talk about the U.S. efforts of containing China's access to chips? How would that affect China's AI efforts? I had an interview with the local VC yesterday. I also asked them the same question, whether, you know, this U.S. inhibiting China's access to advanced chips while impacting the development of ChatGPT and also in similar AI technology in China because developing or training ChatGPT or its language models requires like a lot of like, computing power. Uh, so what they said is like maybe there's a day like that in the future, but for now they don't see like you know this is something we need to worry about. And overall, like they said, there's a trend of the companies, AI companies, trying to lower the cost for training AIs, meaning like you know maybe they they're gonna use some more you know cost efficient thing, use like less powerful and chips in general. Like you, know, you can just like you want to achieve this like cost efficient balance. You don't and you always use like this chips, uh, you know, it's gonna, gonna, gonna consume up in you know, a lot of energy or computing power. So maybe, you know, something like that would never happen. They don't know that for now. Coco, one of the things we know that China is really good at is collecting data from the citizens. And huge amounts of data is what's required to develop AI. But we also know that China has heavy restrictions on what can be said or written. So what does that mean for China's version of chat GPTs? How are Chinese tech companies going to develop their own chat GPT style technology? I think for for Chinese developers, they they have to do it very carefully. Um, They have to be innovative, but also play with rules at the same time. There isn't any available Chinese version of ChatGPT from the big tech companies, but there's one startup that they launched their version in January, and they claim it to be the first Chinese version of ChatGPT. The interesting point is that their service was suspended last week, and we talked to the founder of this startup. He said that they are going to bring in more reviews he didn't mention the word censorship, but they are going to bring in more reviews of the content and also human content moderators before they can relaunch the, the service. In our interview with him, he especially said that um, it's different in China compared with overseas because the service needs more layers of filtering and processing in terms of text review. And also the other challenge that he mentioned about 
developing a chat GPT alternative in China is that there is not enough material in the Chinese language available for them to train a model like that. Yeah, chatbots do have a fairly interesting history in China. Uh, ben, can you recap for us the story about a previous AI chatbot that Microsoft launched in China? So Microsoft, you know, which is a backer of OpenAI as well, they launched this like a Chinese chatbot called like Xiaobing or Little Eyes that was launched like, you know, almost like a decade ago. And then it was like pulled from Tencent's QQ, the messaging app. Because when it was pumped to answer, you know, what is your China dream? And then the, the shot eyes like, you know, responded, my China dream was moving to the United States and was like, you know, pulled from the, the Tencent messaging app. This is like an example of like the content moderation or content censorship in China. Since 2020, Beijing launched a campaign to crack down on big tech companies. But w- what's the mood like now in China tech industry, you know, with, with this whole hype around ChatGPT? I think it's been the first good news for China's AI company in years after, I mean, most of the company have trouble making profits. You know, they're, before this kind of chat GPT service, their only profitable business was to sell the surveillance cameras to the government. And they had experienced the 2019-2020 U.S. entity list. Many of the giants have trouble accessing the U.S. semiconductor technology. And now um, there is finally another hype for them to ride on. So it's a good opportunity now. ChatGPT was developed by an American startup, but it can answer questions in Chinese. So what do we think could come next? Will China's Great Firewall... Uh, work in Baidu's favor to block its Western competitors, or um, is it possible that Baidu will enter the English language market as well? Uh, what do we think might happen next? Well, speaking of like you know, Baidu entering another market, I remember like you know, Baidu launched like a Japanese venture. They have this like a you know, Japanese search engine, but it never like a really took off. And language or a Chinese language, English language are like you know, so distant from each other. Like I'm Chinese, but I can understand like you know, a lot of Japanese characters. So I can figure out like, some of the content there. I think that's my thinking was actually one of the things maybe rationale backing you know, Baidu's move to move to Japan. They may be thinking that there's some like you know, similarities in the language, but for English, I think it's something definitely um, totally different. So I don't really see like, you know, Baidu going to maybe another language market for now. And uh, there are, have been some talks about you know, the difficulty for Chinese AI companies to develop ChatGPT services or, or, or training like, you know, language models. Because I heard like, you know, a webinar by a AI and business analytics professor so she was talking about you know, why it's so hard for Chinese companies to train their language models. English language is like you know, descriptive, but Chinese like, you know, is pictograph, right? Each word is like, has like you know, different meanings. And this is actually you know, the same thing, same hurdle like for, for search engine as well. It's easier for, for AI models to understand English. And it's harder for them. It's more like a guessing game for them to understand Chinese. So maybe I think the second like uniqueness in the language of Chinese will stop like you know, Baidu from jumping into another language market for a long time before they can maybe you know, well-versed in their own market. Coco, can I ask, what do people in China think about Baidu's latest announcement for Ernie Bot? What do people expect and what do you expect? I think me and my friends around me are very much looking forward to it. And we're 
just we can't wait to use it and see if it's as good or worse or better than ChatGPT. And how does it work with the Chinese language? And will it do some evil things as ChatGPT did? <laughs> yeah, there is a lot to to expect. Ben Jiang, Coco Feng, thank you very much. Thanks, Shimei. Thank you. So where to next for AI? We haven't even touched on all the other industries where Chinese-designed AI has already been rolled out, from autonomous cars to facial recognition systems to screening court documents in China's legal system. There's a lot to talk about, and you can always take the deep dive into everything we've reported so far on China's AI industry development at scmp.com. And there's a lot more to come on the ChatGPT story as well. Just as we stepped into the studio to record this episode, we saw the latest headline on The Verge. Microsoft's Bing is an emotionally manipulative liar, and people love it. With a line that users have been reporting all sorts of unhinged behavior from Microsoft's AI chatbot. In one conversation with The Verge, Bing even claimed it spied on Microsoft's employees through webcams on their laptops and manipulated them. There's a huge amount of hype surrounding ChatGPT in China right now, and there's a lot more to come, especially with the unveiling of Baidu's ErnieBot in March. Hi there, Bert. Oh, hi, Ernie. My name is Xin Mei Shen. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>